Hello and welcome to the ICANN Community Church Podcast with me, your host, Bishop Wayne Malcolm. ICANN Community Church is situated in London's East End and comprises a youthful and diverse congregation. For details, visit our website at www.icancommunitychurch.com. But now, join us in one of our live services where I'm teaching transformational truths from the Bible. I'm going to read from the King James Version, if you're doing the screens. Um, just, uh, I believe that uh, King James on this particular text just clarifies things um, in a more conclusive way. Uh, let's begin reading from verse uh, number 29, and um, uh, we're going to look at what what the scripture is saying. Can we stand to our feet when we've got it? And if you're reading from the screen, um, you can do that also. Uh, Verse 29 says, And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. And great multitudes came unto him, having them, uh, uh, those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them, insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and says, I have compassion on the multitude because they've been with me for three days and have nothing to eat. And I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. And his disciples said unto him, when should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to fill so great multitude? Jesus saith unto them, how many loaves have ye? And they said, seven and a few little fishes. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took up the seven loaves and fishes and gave thanks and brake them and gave to his disciples and his disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. He took up the broken meat that was left seven baskets full. Verse 38, and they that did eat were 4,000 men besides women and children. And they sent away the multitude and took a ship and came into the coasts of Magadella. Say amen. Amen. Um, I I want you to prayerfully consider this text, and uh, there are different aspects um, that I want to really pull out. Now, um, I know that Bishop's been dealing with spiritual intelligence, so we're going to remain in that vein. We're going to remain in that vein. And and so I want to deal with uh, spiritual intelligence of increase. Spiritual intelligence of increase. Now, you'll notice, you'll notice if, if we was just to pull out some of the verses here, you'll notice that there was a vision, number one, from Jesus. The vision was, I want to feed these people, but the people were greater than the resources. 
So he only had seven loaves of bread and a few little fish, and he had to feed a lot of people. And so his resources were not adequate for the assignment that he had. And so therefore, Jesus was in this position and the disciples were also in their mode of complaining that I don't have enough. It sounds like the church to me. I want to use, I want to use for a theme just to provoke your thought process and for you to remain curious, but I want to use for a theme, I hope you don't have enough. Look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, I hope you don't have enough. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> I hope you don't have enough. Now, you notice with me that Jesus, the Bible says in verse uh, 29, and we're going to go verse by verse, that he departed from one place or one position to where he had departed from. He had just done a miracle, and it was pretty prolific, the miracle that he had done. And then he had gone to Galilee, the Bible says, and then he went up to a mountain. We know, therefore, that Jesus was on sea level, and then from sea level, he graduated to a, a mountaintop position. It's important because what we begin to realize, church, is that through our life and our journey in life, it is not always about mountains, but it's about mountains and valleys. You've got to go through uh, low places in order to escalate to high places. Life is not always about the mountain. And um, uh, growing up in church, I always heard about the mountain, but nobody sung or preached much about valleys. But valleys are necessary because they develop our character. They develop who we are. They build our strength, our fortitude. Uh, they make us stable. And they begin to position us in a whole different way. And so we should not try to avoid valleys, but we must learn while we're going through the valley. Notice that Jesus then, when he went through the valley, the valley was not his final destination. The valley was simply his transition to get to his final destination, which means that your valley is not where you're supposed to stay but your valley is where you're supposed to go through. Never get used to the valley where you begin to say to yourself, this is where it's always going to be. People will talk to me anyhow they want to. I'll always struggle. Things will always be hard. Don't live in the valley, but pass through the valley. Hallelujah. <laughs> and some people will feel comfortable with you being in the valley because they need company in the valley. But sometimes you've got to let people know, I know I'm here, but I'm not always going to stay here. <laughs> Hallelujah. So uh, the valley is just where we pass through. But then he graduated to the mountain. I, I, I believe that we must always strive and prepare ourselves to go to an upgrade or an uplift in different areas of our life that we must realize that the mountain is where we're going. And sometimes the preparation for the mountain is the depth of the valley. Because I can't appreciate the mountain unless I've been through the valley. Amen. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm getting ready to go higher. 
getting ready to go higher. God's getting ready to increase me and elevate me. Some things that I didn't have, God's getting ready to give it to me. And this, the Bible says he gets up to, uh, up to the mountain. But I was impressed, Pastor Springer, with what Jesus did in verse 30 because the good book says he sat down there. Jesus went to the mountain, but he did not feel intimidated, nausic, or he did not feel as if he should not be in the mountain, but he was so comfortable with where he was that he had the ability to sit down. Whenever, whenever God's trying to elevate us or upgrade us or, or, or reposition us or increase us in various arenas of our life, we must accept where God places us. We must not feel as if we don't deserve to be in the mountain. And we cannot allow the system that we live in to determine who and who is not qualified at being in the mountain. Because sometimes you may not have the natural qualifications, but as long as you have the qualifications that God wants you to have, you can get to the mountain when they said in the natural you don't deserve to be there. <laughs> Someone look at your neighbor and say, increase is coming my way. So, so that means, that means, that means when, when God's getting ready to elevate you, that means that some people who have been cleaning the office are about to be sitting at the boardroom table because God's getting ready to increase you. And when he does it, don't laugh when no one's making jokes. Don't feel intimidated, but sit down and say, this is where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because the mountain is where I'm supposed to be. I remember, uh, Pastor Clinton, a few years ago, I was traveling from uh, London and I was going to uh, uh, Nigeria and um, I, was, I was dressed down going onto the plane. And when I got there, I turned, I turned left into first class. Uh, and when I got there, the lady said to me, sir, you're in the wrong section of the plane. And I never did what some people would do, uh, which is, you know, give her a look and, 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 and be mad and all of that. But I just smiled and said, no, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. And um, when I got there, I, I put my chair back. And when I was looking around, I, I, honestly, nobody in that section of the plane looked like me. Uh, but though I never looked the part, that's where I was supposed to be. <laughs> and, and when I looked around there, I put my chair back. I, I ordered some orange juice. And I, I looked around and I said to myself, the reality is, even though I don't look the part, I have paid the price that everyone else paid. And some of you don't look the part, but you paid the price. You've been through hell, but you're still here. You've been lied on, persecuted. You've gone through all kinds of things but you've made it by the grace of God. And sometimes you don't have to look the part, but so long as you are the part, God's getting ready to bring you to the mountain. And when he does, sit down and be comfortable. <laughs> that means some of you are about to live on streets that no one expects you to live on, 
but God's getting ready to elevate you in the name of Jesus. Because spiritual intelligence tells me that my mentality has to change. That I was not just created to make other people increase, but God has called me to increase as well. And watch this. The Bible says that uh, he sat down there and great multitudes came unto him. Here is the irony that when he was in the valley, no one was there. But the moment he got to the mountain, everybody wanted to be his friend. And, 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 and I, discovered, I discovered that people won't help you when you're down. When you're down, no one will take your business card. You have to beg people to be your friend on Instagram. When you're down, nobody wants to pick up your phone calls. But the moment God begins to elevate you, everybody's your second and third cousin. Because people like to attach themselves to success, but what they really need to do is not look at who is already successful because when I'm already successful, I don't need you anymore. I need, people need to attach themselves to people who are going somewhere so that when they do become successful, they are remembered by that person. And, and, I, and I found out that we've got to really understand where some people are going because they may not look the part right now but God's getting ready to move them forward. I made the discovery, I made the discovery that I really don't need people's help when I've got to the mountain. The time I needed you was when I was in the valley. That was the time when you really needed to believe that I was going somewhere and that God was getting ready to do something in my life. Be careful of those people who only attach themselves to you when they see you in the mountain. Why should you be careful? Because their attraction is not to you, but it's to where you are. And if it's to where you are, it means they want something from you and usually don't want to put anything in you. And then you become drained and subtracted because all they want to do is drain you from what you have, but don't want to help you to where you're going. Oh yeah, this is going to be a two-way affair. If I'm going to help you, you're going to help me too. And so Jesus was the same Jesus in the valley that he was in the mountain. Jesus did not change at all. The only thing that changed was his location. And so if you would have attached yourself to him in the valley, then you would have been remembered when he got to the mountain. Touch your neighbor, say, I'm going somewhere. Watch this. And great multitudes came unto him having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and then the writer was getting tired, so he said, and many others. <laughs> In this church, no one had the right to look down on anyone. No one had the right to say, uh, listen, you're, you're, you're maimed, and so you're no good, or you're lame, and so you don't have it together, or you're blind, so you have issues, or you're deaf, so you need help, because the reality is everybody needed help. If we're going to get uh, spiritual intelligence of increase, then we have to become immune to people's criticism and ostracism of failures or flaws that we have 
we try to cover our floors, but let's concentrate on the areas that God has blessed us in. I may not be perfect, but there's something in me that can propel me to the next level. <laughs> and you can talk about me, but it's like water off a duck's back. Because the truth be told, if I look at you too, I might be deaf, but I'm sure you'll be blind. Because we all got issues. And so what I discovered is that we all need the grace of Jesus to help us through these issues. Too many of us become immobilized because of other people's opinion. I discovered that people are entitled to their opinion, but I am entitled to the facts. Think what you want, but I know what the truth really is. And so the Bible says that, uh, and they cast them down at Jesus' feet, spiritual intelligence. I may have come in one way, but I will not remain the same. See, I can... Community church is not a place where you come to just to praise and just to sing and just to hear a word and leave. But it's a place where change is made. Where you say, I came in this way, but God, I'm going to allow you to increase me by using practical measures to elevate my status. And so the Bible says he, he cast them down at Jesus' feet and he healed them. So if we put these measures in place, we cannot remain the same. Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb speak, the maimed behold, the blind see, and the deaf hear. And then the Bible says, and then they glorified the God of Israel. The issue I have with this church in the text is that they needed to see things before they believed and praised. If they didn't see the dumb speak, if they didn't see the maim be whole, if they didn't see the lame be walk or the blind have sight, number one, they wouldn't believe, and number two, they wouldn't praise. You've got to believe no matter where you are. Hallelujah. Broke, things ain't together, don't have it all, gone to university but don't have the job and the money to show for it, but I still believe. Things don't seem to be happening the way I thought they were, but I still believe. Haven't met the man yet, but I still believe. Haven't had promotion while all my friends are being promoted around me, but I still believe. You've got to believe in despite of the way the situation looks. And you should not just believe, but you should also praise on the belief that you have because you know that things are getting better. Where I am right now is not where I'm always going to be. I wish I had some praises in the house. See, they're praising like they're cute and they're shy. I wish I had some real praises that said where I am is not where I'm going to stay. Touch your neighbor and say, things are about to get better in me. Watch this. Jesus called his disciples and said, listen, I need to give these people an increase because they've been with me for a length of time. But it's not just the length of time they've been with me. It's what they've been doing in the time that they've been with me. 
Because what I discovered is, if we're going to increase, the first thing we must discover is what our most valuable assets are in life. If we don't understand what our most valuable assets are, then we will not become productive. We will spend time, but we won't see increase. I made a discovery that one of the most valuable things that we have is our time. But it is not about just having time. It's what we do with the time that we have that maximizes who we can become. They've spent three days with me, but they've listened to me. I've prayed for them, and things are getting ready to change. We've got to get to the stage where we don't just spend time needlessly doing things that are not productive, but we must spend our time doing things that cause us to be productive. If we're going to get increased, we must watch our time because your time is irreplaceable. Your car, you can get another one. You can get another suit. You can get some more of those red bottom shoes. You can get, but you can't recover time, which means that you don't need to be spending three days in an environment that doesn't increase where you are. What you read, what you listen to, who you're around, it has to be adding to where you're going. They spent three days with me. That's why some phone calls, some of you are not going to pick up because you know it's a waste of time. Because people are subtracting from your time, but there's no increase in your life. He said this, he says, they've been with me for three days. And he said, listen, I have seen an issue that they have, and I'm going to attend to the issue. The issue is that they don't have enough. He says, they've been with me, but the problem is they're going to starve because there is not enough food to feed all of these hungry people. Now, here was the issue. The issue was that there were, the Bible says, 4,000, the feeding of the 4,000. But if you read it accurately, you'll discover it was the feeding of 4,000 men. And then you had to add women and children. So we're looking at 12 to 20,000 hungry people. And here, there is a vision that Jesus has, but the resources don't look like they are enough. Here what is very, very important because the concept originally came from Jesus. It didn't come from the disciples. It didn't come from the people, but it came from Jesus. And, and this is where in spiritual intelligence is very, very important because one thing that you'll discover is being a believer, there will be some advantages spiritually that you will have that other people may not have. Number one, God will literally place in you concepts, ideas, and information, and innovation, and creativity that will propel you to new levels of increase. You'll begin to discover that big thinking will begin to become activated in your thought process. Jesus says, I need to feed these hungry people. Verse 33 said, his disciple says, listen, we have a problem though. The problem is that you want to feed all of these hungry people, but your resources are not enough 
to get the job done. Your resources are way below what you need in order to feed these people. And so the disciples were skeptical, doubtful, and were faithless, which, again, allows me to tell you that when you're going to have spiritual intelligence, you cannot allow a negative environment to reduce you to a position where you don't believe what God's getting ready to do on the inside of you. Your background, your makeup, where you've come from, what advantages you have should not be a persuasion that God's not able to do greater things on the inside of you. If God said it, I believe it. I believe that he'll cause me to have increase against the odds. I believe that whatever the statistics say, I will not be a statistic, but I'm getting ready to increase in the name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, I'm getting ready to increase. And say, my days of not enough are coming to an end. Oh, I need someone to believe that right now. My days of living from hand to mouth are getting ready to be reduced. And God's getting ready to increase me. I just need a praiser right now who can just lift up their mouth. Ah, Thank you, Jesus. Hear this, so his disciples were skeptical. And Jesus turns around and says something that was quite impressive. He says, how much, all right, how much do you have? How many loaves and what, what resources do you have? Because any time we're getting ready for increase, if we reduce our increase down to our resources, then our increase will become uh, uh, stopped and frustrated by what God wants to do. Because if you understand God, he does not focus on your resources, but he focuses on who you are. Hallelujah. Your your greatest asset is not what you own, but your greatest asset is who you are. Hallelujah. I have several companies. One of them is an investment company. And sometimes when I do seminars or people speak to me, they say to me, what, what's, the great, what's the greatest investment I can make? Is it in property or is it in stocks or uh, is it in uh, 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 different, different things, commodities? What, what is it? And, and yeah, in my company, we do all of those things. But the greatest investment you could ever make is an investment in you. Because whatever you put in you never leaves you. But it stays with you and is passed down from generation to generation. What one of the, the secrets, one of the secrets of the Jews, if you follow them, and they are some of the most successful people uh, when we're speaking from a, a natural perspective that we have on earth, one of the things they do is pass down from generation to generation their ideas, their concepts, their thought processes, and they pass it down from one generation to the other. And they don't like to share outside of their community because they don't want other people to receive the information, the intelligence, the innovation, the creativity that they have so that they can remain at the top of where they are. 
And so what I discovered is that God is not just trying to only give us more resources, but he's trying to give us more intelligence, information, and creativity. Because if you get it in your head, everything will begin to change from that point on. So whenever we say, God, increase me, he is not just going to give you more, but he's going to increase your mindset and your thought process that you can think on a whole nother level. Hallelujah. What does that mean? That means that when we think on a whole new level, it isn't about what we have or don't have. It's about who we are. Which means that if you was to take every penny that Warren Buffett and Bill Gates have, you would never be able to reduce them to nothing because they have too much in their head that will enable them to recover what they've lost. And we've been chasing the wrong thing. And then we've not been seeing the increase that God wants to give to us. God, give us a new mentality, a new mind, a new way of thinking. Cause our mind to elevate so that we can begin to receive increase in the name of Jesus. I see it in the heavenly. Some people are getting ready to increase. God's getting ready to change the order. <laughs> oh, glory to God. He's getting ready to do it. And so what we have to do is we have to begin... Uh, to get new ideas, we need to begin to educate ourselves. We need to begin to go on uh, uh, courses, literally, where we can begin to have a new way of thinking and begin to understand. Because our money will not, our money will come out of our thinking. Thank you, Jesus. When we begin to think it, things will begin to happen. Did, did you know that right now, here in England, right here in London, that there are thousands upon thousands of investors who have money and are only looking for an idea to invest in. If the idea is right, the money will come. We've been looking for the money first, but what we need is the idea. Jesus, we don't have enough resources. Jesus said, that's no problem. All you need is a new idea. Because if you get that idea, things are getting ready to change. And God's getting ready to turn some things around. Someone's about to wake up at certain times in the morning and pace the floor with a new idea. Amen. Hallelujah. So, someone's about to realize that I am greater than my job. Doesn't mean I have to give up my job, but I'm going to add to it with new thinking. And I'm going to implement it. I'm going to become a business owner. <laughs> hallelujah because God's getting ready to increase me in Jesus name so someone look at your neighbor and say neighbor my broke days are coming to an end watch this he says all I have is seven loaves of bread and a few not just fish but little fishes and Jesus said that's fine we're still able to do it if you have the right concept the right idea just the little money you have is able to start a business that's able to flourish, grow, and increase, and excel. And so Jesus said this. He said, listen, I'm getting ready to do it. And in verse number 35, he says something that really impressed me. And he commanded the multitude to sit on the ground. He said, listen, you guys have been too busy but had no results. 
Some people think that busy is successful. Some people's got four mobile phones and still can't pay bills. <laughs> Some people are always busy, but we're busy doing nothing. Jesus said, you guys have been too busy. You've been doing three jobs and still can't feed these people. Sit down on the ground. Because now we're going to make it work for you rather than you work for it. And increase comes when you're passively making things happen without you having to work for it, but it working for you. Because you only have 24 hours in the day. If you need to keep working for it, you will run out of time. But if it works for you, then it is endless results that you can receive. Hallelujah. I feel the power of increase getting ready to happen in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and so he said, sit on the ground because you're too busy. You're using time, but you're not productive. I need you to be productive. And so he says, everyone sit down. And then he did this. The Bible says he took the seven loaves and the fishes and he gave thanks. He took the seven loaves and fishes and he gave thanks. When he gave thanks, he was thanking the father for what was about to happen. He had no doubt, but he knew that if God did it, it's over. Jesus knew that this thing was going to work. He was confident spiritually that this thing was going to happen. And I believe that when we get to a position where we know that God's about to give us increase and enlargement, that God's about to take us to that mountain and take us higher, our whole disposition begins to change. Where we begin to celebrate and become thankful on what we know is getting ready to happen. There's no doubt we don't look as if it can't work, maybe it can it could possibly, it can, but we know that it's already done. And we come into the house of the Lord and our head is not down, but our head is up because we know that things are getting better. And I'm giving God thanks because I know that my miracle is on the way. Hallelujah. I feel churchy now because I know that my blessing is getting ready to come. I have no doubt, but God says I'm getting ready to do it in the name of Jesus. And then he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples. I was impressed with this because if everybody had to flood to Jesus, then they would have become frustrated and he would have also because the magnitude of people was too big for Jesus to do it. And so he set up a system. The system was that I'm going to set my disciples up and I'm going to give them the bread and they're going to give the bread to the people because without a system of order, there would have been chaos. If we're going to increase, we must set up systems and orders and budgets and put things in place that will enable us to increase in various areas of our life. Systems and orders. And so he sets up a system that allows things to happen seamlessly and happen well. Days are finished where we just put a few things together and we just put a business together and expect it to happen, but we got to put in systems that make sure that we can get to where we need to go. Jesus put in a system, but what impressed me about the system he put in is his system allowed 
for those doubting disciples to see what was going to happen. I like that kind of system because it meant the people that doubted are the people that was about to see the glory of God. I just want to put a, a, a side note in that everyone who has doubted you, you don't need to worry about it because Jesus is going to put some things in place that's going to show all your doubters that God's about to increase me and enlarge me. To everyone who spoke negative, they're about to see you rising. To everyone who saw you down, they're about to see you up. You're going to have the last laugh. You're going to shout the loudest. You, God's about to show up and show off on you because it's getting ready to happen in the name of Jesus. Pull your neighbor and say, neighbor, God's getting ready to show off on me. Hear, hear this, watch this. And so he gave it to his disciples and his disciples gave it to the people. Watch this. The Bible says that he gave it to his disciples and his disciples to the people. Now, I was thinking in my mind, uh, Dr. Springer, how would this have looked? Jesus has these loaves of bread and he's breaking them. How, how did this happen? And, and this alerted in my mind that what was happening is that Jesus was breaking bread that should have lasted for 20 people, but 200 people he's still breaking. They're looking at his hands and they're saying, well, what's going on? He keeps breaking, but the thing won't go down. The more he breaks, is the longer it survives. <laughs> what should have lasted for 20 is lasting for 2,000. He keeps breaking and they're looking at his hands. I, I made a discovery. Whenever... God is increasing you and enlarging you. When he does give you resources, the resources that he gives you will last longer than they should have lasted. Listen, someone is about to buy at half price and sell at full price. Someone is about to go in the store and spend 100 pounds and look like they got a thousand pounds on. Because God's getting ready to increase you. You're not going to pay what other people pay. But God's going to let it happen at a discount. God's about to show off and show off on you and turn some things in your favor. Thank you, Jesus. Someone say favor. Favor's getting ready to come your way. When you find out what your neighbor's paying rent, you're going to realize that yours is less than theirs and your place is bigger than theirs. God is getting ready to do it in the name of Jesus. So there are two ways that he'll do it. And so he was breaking it and feeding his disciples. And I was so impressed because the Bible says that they did all eat and were filled. And they took up the broken meat that was left. What, remember my title, I hope you don't have enough. One of the things that is very, very necessary, and you're in a necessary place right now if you don't have enough, because when you don't have enough, you have no choice but to activate creativity and innovation in your mind that will release you to fulfilling the assignment that you have. But what we do is we reduce our vision based on our resources. But whenever God gives you a vision, it will be bigger than your resources. Because if you had the resources for your vision, you don't need God. But the fact you don't have enough 
is the fact that God says, now I'm getting ready to step here. And when I step in, their whole row is going to know that I did it because only God could have done this one. Hallelujah. I hope you don't have enough because some people are so satisfied that they sit down as if they have it all together. Listen, this is the era where silver, silver spoon in the mouth people are not the people who are going to be on the front line. But it's going to be hungry, starving people who says, I never had enough in my life. And I've got so much energy. I've got so much drive. I'm going to get the job done. And so you're not having enough is not a disadvantage, but it is an advantage. Because it is, is releasing in you an inner burning desire that is about to thrust you to new levels of victory and glory. I decree and declare that this is your season of increase. I hope you don't have enough because in a few days from now, you're about to have overflow, harvest, download. God's about to bless your socks off. I decree that increase is getting ready to come your way. Do me a favor, touch two people and say increase is coming my way. Yeah, my lack is fueling me. My lack is giving me energy. My lack is turning some things in my favor. My lack is taking me from the background to the forefront. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the stories I had. You don't know the nights I had to cry. But God gave me an increase in my life. And because I've had not enough, now the God of more than enough is coming in my life. And if you didn't have enough, this is your season for increase. God's about to mobilize you and set you up for a miracle is there anyone in the house right now who knows they're getting ready to be set up i wish you were giving praise right now just give him five seconds of praise Hiya. I, I see business owners i see entrepreneurs i see millionaires increases getting ready to come you came from nowhere but god's about to bring you to somewhere your increase hallelujah is getting ready to come lift your hands right now I hope you don't have enough because if you don't have enough there will be a restless rumbling in the recesses of your spirit that will give you energy and mobilization that will become unquenchable that will position you to a place where you will find a way to fulfill this vision that there will be so much laid in you. Yes. Play softly, please. Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Father, we thank you because we know that if we don't have enough, we will not curtail our vision. We will not downgrade where we're going. But Lord God, we will... Activate that creativity from our spiritual intelligence that will cause us to think out of the box. I decree right now from today that new ideas, a new way of thinking, new systems, new values are getting ready to be re released right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray God that if we don't have enough in just a few days from now, we're going to have more than enough. That God, you're getting ready to increase us. 
and enlarge us right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. We claim and decree that it is done in Jesus' name. Clap your hands and give God praise. Hi. Glory to God. I want to say this. I want to say this, man of God. I want to say this, and this is very important. I want to, I want to place us uh, in a position where we have a new mindset and a new way of thinking. One of the things I've discovered in my travels, and I've literally traveled the globe, one of the things I've discovered in my travels is how we think and our mentality sometimes takes us away from what God is getting ready to do. I discovered that we need to think on a whole nother level. When the Bible says this, it says, bring you these tithes into the storehouse that there be meat in my house. It tells us to bring the tithe, bring the offering. He says this, that I will open up the window of heaven and I'll pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. Whenever you sow seed, God does not return seed in your life, but he gives you fruit. And inside the fruit is a seed. Sometimes we're expecting to see the very thing that we have been sowing back in our life, but not realizing it's in the fruit. So God's going to give you an idea that has more value than the seed that you have sown. But inside the idea is the seed. And so one of the things that activates the blessing of God over our life is how we sow, how we give, how we invest. It's very, very important. We've got to get our mind away from just being people who purchase liabilities into people who purchase assets. Where we begin to understand the asset classes and begin to invest in them and things begin to work and God begins to position us and favor us right now in Jesus' name. I decree, I declare that this house will have 100% employment in the name of Jesus. That there will be nobody who will be unemployed. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was traveling the other day. I was in Trinidad and Tobago. I was preaching and I said something to them. I said, listen, to all those who are not employed, the reason you're in this position is because God wants you to employ yourself. He wants you to employ yourself. Because when you employ yourself, you can never become unemployed again. God wants to give us new ideas in the name of Jesus. I, I, I'm believing God that there will be business owners bursting, uh, young people with new ideas that will be bursting out of this place. That this will become a center of innovation. Hallelujah. I'm going to open the windows of heaven. What, what are the windows of heaven? The windows of heaven are new ideas. The, new, the windows of heaven is a new way of thinking that is uncontainable, but begins to pour out in various areas of our life. You've been listening to a live sermon at ICANN Community Church. We hope that you feel inspired, informed, and empowered to take your life to the next level. We want to build a relationship with you, whether you attend ICC or not. Of course, we would love for you to visit or even to join. But if that's not possible, we can still stay in touch. Go to our website 
at www.icancommunitychurch.com and subscribe to our mailing list for updates on special events which may be coming to an area near you. Until next time, this is Bishop Wayne Malcolm saying God bless you.